Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of La Magicast. My name is Sam Rubio. I am the new producer of the show, and I know I'm not the voice that you're expecting to hear right now. You're expecting to hear Greg, Alex, and Julian. Unfortunately, they couldn't make today's recording session, but I still wanted to uh, release an episode and keep creating content for you guys. Hopefully, we'll have them very soon, because uh, it's not the same without them, that's for sure. Um, for today's episode, though, we have a great guest. We have Brent from Chiesa de Totti. Of course, he's super knowledgeable about all things Roma, and we're super excited to have him. Uh, Brent, how are you? Thank you for being on La Magicas. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. All right, Brent, jumping right into uh, the topic that we all want to talk about. What, Roma, this season, what do you make of this season so far? Oh, geez. <laughs> That's a bit of a heavy question. Um, it's in some ways it's about what I expected. I, I thought maybe third or fourth was the best they could do given simply how good Juventus always is and how good Napoli was. And obviously both Milan sides were surging. Um, so in a sense, I thought fourth was right about where they should be, but I think the most concerning part to me and I'm sure to you as well is just how many points they've blown against lower sides that have sort of put them in this pickle where they should otherwise be somewhat clear in the third, but because the way they performed against Spall and teams like that, they're sort of dug their own grave. And it seems like the last seven or eight weeks, it's sort of, you have to win every single match just to have a shot at fourth. So I feel like in that sense, they sort of made their own bed. Um, but I wasn't really expecting them to compete for the league. Um, having said that, I thought third, maybe. So I'm kind of disappointed that they've made things so hard for themselves. Yeah, I agree. Every year they have the spell where they where they lose to to weaker sides, but I feel like this season that, that spell went a little longer, no? Yeah, I, I would agree. They they never um, make things easy, but it, it just it's for whatever reason. I you know I haven't covered the team for gosh seven or eight years, and I can't even explain why they you know they do so poorly against like Bologna or Udinese. I, you know, I can't figure out what it is. I mean, if you look at sort of the advanced statistics, they're among the best teams generally in terms of creating chances and an open play, but they just can't convert them. And I feel like that's always their Achilles heel. I agree with you. It's just come home to roost so many more times this year than it has in the past. I agree with you. And um, so you think, you think we're in, I mean, we're in the thick of things for Champions League. To, uh, you think we're, it's going to be enough for us? You think we're going to make it? I mean, Milan won yesterday. Um, I, I, I do have a, a, a slim bit of hope, but like I just said, I think there's just so many other things they have to rely on. It's like every time you win, you immediately are table watching. And, you know, last week things went, you know, went their way. Um, yesterday, obviously Milan had the penalty. Had they drawn last year, that would have been a lot better. Um, so I, I just feel like they're, they're doing what they can do. But again, just because of the points they've dropped, they're in a situation where they have to rely on so much help. So it's hard to predict. Um, I know they still have Inter, they still have Juve, so I hope if they get Juve at that time, they've already clinched, so they're playing all their kids, so that would help. Um, I, I think they do. I think they're just going to barely squeak in, but it's going to be a nail-biter to the very end. I, yeah, it, it, it didn't look very good when we lost to Spal for the second time. I kind of I kind of lost hope on the, after that one, but uh, some results yeah, went I, our I, way. I, I still have trouble believing they lost <laughs> twice. How do you but, drop six hey, points to Spal? Hey, they beat Juventus yesterday, so I guess maybe they're not as bad as we thought. No, that's but yeah, true. That's, that's true. inexcusable. I think they should have. You know, those six points would have made a gigantic difference. They would have been easily in third. Agreed. So yeah, it's it's, it's maddening. <laughs> and and then maybe we, you you and I both agree that Ranieri was the man to take the team for this spell. What do you think of him? 
I, you know, I was excited when they, they brought it. I mean, certainly thinking of some of their names they were considering at the time, um, they escaped me at the moment. I just, I just felt like he's given that he has no particular formation or particular, he's not sort of beholden to any of these players because he didn't bring them in. So I thought that was sort of a strength because he can sort of shape and mold and change things as he saw fit or as it needed. So I think in that sense, being so malleable and being so open to different ideas, I thought was good. And plus he's obviously, he loves the team. He loves the city. So he's going to do whatever it takes. And I think at least from the press that I read, he sort of is aware that this is just, you know, these are your 12 matches, do what you can do. Um, I mean, having said that, I think if he does get them the fourth, he should be considered to be full-time next year. But um, yeah, I was really excited when he, when they gave him the job and then they squeaked out that first one against Empoli. So that was great. But obviously the two matches after that, not so great. Um, but yeah, I, I, given the, the lack of options and given sort of the chaos that's always around the team, I think he was the best that they could do for this particular job. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, they knows the city, knows the, knows the environment and loves the city. You know? So uh, listen, as a short term solution, I think he yeah. was a man, he was a man he was a man for the job and listen I agree with you like you said if he qualifies his team this team he makes his team for uh, to qualify Champions League he should be in the running he should be at least in contention to to be considered as as, as one as an option yeah absolutely I mean walking into the mess that he did if he was able to make some sort of magic out of it I I think they have to consider him because it seems like whether it's Conte or Sarri or whoever it might be, they'll still seem like long shots. They still seem like guys who might be looking for something else and just keeping Roma as sort of a second option. So in that sense, I think, particularly if he gets him the fourth, he should be considered. I mean, he is, you know, obviously a wildly successful coach and he always has huge highs and huge lows. So you know that going in, but, you know, they don't have, you know, a plethora of options. So he might get it by default, quite frankly. Now let's let's shift let's shift the topic to the head of this organization to Palota. What do you do if you're Palota? Greg, Julie, and I were discussing this in the last part. Listen, I've given you new players. I'm trying to make the, the just the brand better. What's 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 missing on the field? What 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 does where does he take this team? He's listen. Listen, I brought Monchi. I brought a good director. I brought players. I brought yeah. What what what, what do you do if you're Palota? Moving forward, <laughs> uh, I might not be the best person to ask that because I have a you know, pretty publicly stated record that I'm not terribly in favor of him, but I know a lot of things, particularly with the stadium, are out of his control. And as you said, you know, he did sort of turn the keys over to the best director in the game, and it sort of blew up in his face. But I just I just think it's been eight years now, and there's just been no consistency. I think some of that is his fault, some of it's not. I mean, he put a lot of faith in Luis Enrique to begin with, and then he just sort of quit, so he couldn't have predicted that. And then... um they just cycle through coaches so quickly. And I just, I feel like when he does have good intentions, like with Enrique or with Manchi, it sort of blows up in his face. But then on the flip side of the coin, he's not doing the team any favor by perpetually selling players that they need. Um, so I, I, I don't believe that he wants the team to fail. Obviously not. I feel like he made this investment for a reason. Like you said, it's Rome and it should be bigger than it is. And that's sort of the thought I had when I first came to the team, like 10 or 15 years ago, like, why isn't this the biggest team? In the country, you know, it's like the most famous city in Italy for the most part. So why isn't it? Exactly. So I, I, I just feel like um, that's why I'm kind of like if he did land Conti or something like that, to me, that's like a huge statement that I'm going all in. So I just I just feel like it's been um, like one step forward, two steps back. And I just feel like he needs to take a gigantic leap and really sort of go full tilt on this. Then I think Conti would be a great one. Um, but I just, I just feel like he has so many eggs in the stadium basket that he's just always sort of giving us the thought of, 
when we get this, it'll be great. When we get this, just be patient. But it's been for me eight years and my patience is sort of wearing thin. And I sort of sense that amongst a sizable portion of at least our readership. I can't speak for the entire fan base. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he's frustrated because he's, like I said, like you said, you know, he got munchy. You can't do much better than that. And it just didn't work out. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big question. It might be a bit above my pay grade. <laughs> that is a tough one. Um, now there's rumors of um, the Qatar group uh, looking into Rome. Do you, do you think that's any true? What do you make of that? Um, I don't know what to make of it. I'm, I'm certain, you know, on the one hand, it is exciting if you have someone who can spend an unlimited amount of money, but obviously that particular ownership group comes with some, shall we say, moral, uh, gray areas, I guess. So not everyone would be excited about it. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I just feel like, like I said, Palau has invested so much in this. It seems to me like he's not the kind of guy who's going to admit failure. Um, but certainly, you know, we read all these rumors about the Qatar group wants to sort of make the airport in Rome their hub, and they already sponsored the team. So it seems like they're setting things up to take it over, but I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, on on the one hand, it would be nice to be in the running for the Mbappes and the Neymars of the world, right? But on the other hand, yeah, you'd, also, you'd also lose that, that magic feel that made you a Roma fan. Yeah. I don't know. But that's, it's a little bittersweet in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if there's a gray area because it seems like if you look at teams like City or PSG, it's sort of they grab whoever they can grab and there's no real reflection of the city or the history of the club. Um, so, I mean, that is a concern, but I, I just I feel like if you've been a fan of the team, you have your reasons why. I don't think that'll change. So I don't necessarily think bringing in an oil baron will sort of rob the club of its soul because I think that's in the fan base. But certainly uh, we had a piece up the other day would, you know, if, Someone like um, the, excuse me, like the Qatar group or someone from Russia, whoever the case might be, had owned Roma for the past ten years. Would they have been so patient with Tati during like the latter stages of his career? Would he have been able to play the whole thing out, or would they have just, you know, dropped him a few years ago? So I think going on with what you said, like if you have such a faceless sort of corporate corporate atmosphere to it, they might not be so beholden to players that the fans love. So I think you you would risk it. I think you would. Um, sort of lose what is special a tiny bit. But I don't know if it's going to be as bad as people make it out to be, if that makes sense. <laughs> that, that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, but you don't think that you don't think that sale is happening? Or if it happens, it's in very early stages, right? That's not something, that's not news right now, right? Yeah, I, I can't imagine a takeover this massive would occur prior to next season. And I just I just don't, to me, I don't, obviously I've never spoken to the man, but Plata doesn't seem like a guy who's going to, admit defeat, even though if he did sell the team, I'm sure he could do it at a tremendous profit. But it just seems like to me that he's made such bold claims. And to me, it seems like he wants to be seen as sort of the man who brought Roma up from the dust, so to speak. So I can't imagine he would walk away so easily. But on the other hand, he does seem, and rightfully so, incredibly frustrated by the bureaucracy he's run up against. So I certainly wouldn't blame him if he said, you know, the heck with it. (laughs) Give me the money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also said before, I'm not selling those players, and he did the contrary, the opposite. So you you got to take it with a grain of salt over there. But um, I I agree yeah, with you. I'm on, I, I'm on I the same boat as you. I don't think he's selling. I think he wants to he wants to prove that he can do it in Rome. Yeah, and I saw look back at just how long it took to transition from the Sensi's to them. I just don't. If that were to happen, I I don't I don't think we'd see a better product on the pitch next season. Mm-hmm. Um. But then again, I have no idea how long it takes to sell a club as big as that or make a large financial transaction like that. But, I mean, I, I feel like his patience has got to be wearing thin with the stadium. So I would imagine if that's not going to happen in the next year. So I wouldn't shock me at all if he's gone by, like, you know, 2020 or 2021 maybe. 
We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, we're closer to we're closer to what we want. We're closer to the stadium. We want to compete. We want to compete with Juve. We want to we want to be up there. No, but I mean, the, I mean, with the stadium situation, I really stopped reading about. I stopped reading about the stadium about a year, two years ago. I, I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because I, I really like the design of it, and I remember when it first came out. It's great. It's about, great. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, I just remember writing a piece about it. I'm like this would be perfect for. Tati's last season because at the time I think they were saying 2017 it would open. So it's been right. I was doing the math. I was like, I think he can make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been comical at this point. So it's hard not to um, empathize with him in that regard. Yeah, agreed. Well, hopefully, hopefully now we just. I mean, the most important thing right now is those last what six games left. Um, try to get to Champions League and then rebuild from there. I'm next, this there's a lot of holes. I mean talking specifically on the pitch now, going back to the pitch, I mean there's this team has a lot of holes, specifically defensively. Hard to talk who who, who we, can, we can bring. We don't know we don't even know who the coach is gonna be. So so it's tough to right, talk yeah. tough, tough to think about that one, tough to even talk about that one. Right now it's making Champions League what's most important. Yeah, I, I I think if you had to look at one weak spot in the team, it is it has been the defense this year. I mean, they've conceded what I'm looking at the stats now, 45 goals. Um, that's clearly the most among the top six. So I would, to me, it just looks like Kolarov and Fazio at times are just sort of past it. Maybe they should be moved along. But I was impressed with Mercano over the past few weeks. I think he's a serviceable piece. And uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about Gianluca Mancini. Um, that's certainly exciting. Uh, but I, I think whoever it is, like you said, you can't really pick the players until you have the director of sport for one and then a coach. But I, I would feel like I would assume that would be their top priority because you have so much talent in other areas of the pitch and there's not really much room to sort of squeeze people in depending on, you know, what happens with Jekko or whoever else they might get rid of. But to me, it just defense has to be beefed up a bit. Is this Edding's last season in Rome, in your opinion? Uh, you know, I, I do think it is going to be. I know he's, he's still under contract for a little bit more. Um, another looks like another year until 2020. Uh, again, I, I think like his problems are sort of symptomatic, or maybe they're cause of the, the offense's problems as a whole. He's still sort of like his expected goals are still pretty high. He's underperforming it, but he's doing all those other things, putting himself in a position to score and doing sort of the dirty work to help the attack. He's just not scoring the goals. Absolutely, so we are better with Zeko on. Yeah, I, oh yeah. I don't think it's been like a complete drop off. I think if they do get rid of him, it's more of sort of the the line of it's better to let someone go a year early than hang on to them a year too much. So I I feel like, especially if he does if they can get like fifteen or twenty million from West Ham or something like that, I feel like he's gone. It just yeah. the problem is there's no one there immediately to replace him. So there's no real sort of back to the goal center forward on the team as it is right now. So that would be a bit of a problem. Right. But uh, no, it does make sense to sell a little bit a year early and at least get something in return from him. Right? Um, right, who's, yeah, an, exactly. who's another player that you think might be in the, might be in the running as this last year in Rome? And not because we're going to make a big sell, just because his time you think just right now. Oh, man, that's an excellent question. Um, I always look at Diego Parati just because he's so uh, inconsistent and you always hear these rumors like of going to Boca. And there were, I know there were some, I think maybe Sevilla, Valencia, I can't quite remember. Um, but I mean, when he's healthy, when he's playing, you could argue he's the most talented player, but he's just so seldom featured and he's so seldom healthy and he's just sort of inconsistent. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's gone. It just sort of depends on what he wants. Does he want to go back to Argentina, to, to Boca and be a star? Or does he want to stay in Roma knowing that he's maybe not a full-time star or just sort of a contributor? So I, I think he's pretty high on the list to go along with Jekko and Olsen. Um, 
you know, you always have to worry about Undur as well, but that would be purely, I think, financial if they do sell him. And that's my next question. Financially, we talk, we have, we have Undur, we have Saniolo, we have some talent on the team. Who do you think is the next one to go? Next one to go? Uh, we know it's yeah, happening. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope they're not dumb enough to sell Saniolo at this point. Well, uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess it's got to be under. It depends on what you can get. I feel like because he's been out for so long this year. Um, I mean, had they sold him last year, who knows? There was like you know forty, fifty million they were talking about this year. I don't know. Um, I know last year there was a lot of talk about Arsenal, and I think Bayern Munich, from what I remember. Um, but I, I feel like when you do see him on the pitch, you're like, oh yeah, he's still the same guy as he was last year. Just hasn't been healthy, and it's not like it's been. It's not like he's broken anything or anything like that. He hasn't torn anything. It's just been minor muscle injuries. So yeah. it wouldn't shock me if some comes in with a big offer. And I would think if selling Under means we can keep Daniolo, sign me up for it. Nah, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like you have enough wing players. You have Clivert. You can even use Schick at his natural position, and that would give you a wing player. So I feel like they could cover that more than they could cover Daniolo leaving. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think that would be, of the guys I'd want to lose, that'd be the biggest bang for the buck. That would pay over the most cracks, I think. Yeah, I agree with with your answers. Perotti, Seiko, and and then Under Under would be the sacrifice if we, if that meant uh, keeping Saniolo. Absolutely. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I I'd hate to lose him because he's a hell of a player. No, right, absolutely. Uh, now let's focus a little bit on the game uh, on the last game on the Roma Udinese. What do you make? What do you make of that? Uh, yes, let's just slightly touch it before we go. Um, the first half was weird. Well, the rain didn't help. The team fell a little. Static. The second half, we play better. Um, what do you make of that game? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, certainly the rain uh, did not help matters any, but um, gosh, I'm struggling to even remember it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, the second half, what, what were the changes they made in the second half? Um, well, so right we now. got yeah. under for the Rossi. Yeah. yeah, so we brought Florenzi and Pellegrini. I took off Schick and Juan Jesus. Juan, Juan, Juan. Um, right. Yeah, I think it was good. I thought... You know, obviously in a four-four-two, you struggle to figure out where you would put Pellegrini. But I thought when he came in, he did really well. And um, I just, start, I just sort of think it was, it was all about El Shawawi to me, who was just so good throughout the whole match. And I mean, that assist he put into Jekka was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I, with so El Shawawi is a little bit weird because I kept saying earlier in the season, if El Shawawi is our best player, so we're not doing so great. But he's been bailing us <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I feel like I wrote about this several months ago too. But I just feel like a lot of people still had the, you know, 18-year-old version of him or how old he was when he came to Milan and scored like 16 goals that year. So I feel like people still expect that. But I think of what he is, he's like a guy who could give you maybe nine or ten goals but also six or seven assists, and that's amazing. He's yeah. Really, every every team needs a player like that. Um, but I, I just sort of feel like this is the sort of the pros and cons of the Ranieri because he changes things so much, it's hard to figure out what he can get consistently. Because I remember in the build-up to the match, he says, we're not going to go with two strikers. That's exactly what they want us to do. And then he goes with two strikers. That's right. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like they were just so stripped of defenders yesterday as well. So that was a, a factor of it. But I, you're right. I feel like it was just night and day between the second half. They played faster. and There was just more urgency in the second half. And that's what my guys on the Spanish bot that I had about Roma, they tell me, listen, we never know what Roma is going to show up on any given day. Right, yeah. I think that's a blanket statement for the team. <laughs> uh, Bren, I know... Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. It was great having you. I know our audience is really, really going to enjoy having you. And, and then thank you. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us. 
Yeah, it's great. I uh, sorry I have to jet so quickly. Maybe next time I can stay a bit longer. But yeah, this was great. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have the we'll have the full team. We'll have the full team and Greg and yeah. Juju and they are amazing. They are so awesome. Hopefully we'll have Absolutely. them together soon. Brent, Looking thank you so to... much uh, for spending yeah. time with us, and and then thank you again. Um, anything you want to say to 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 say bye to the audience? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. And I would say. Wednesday morning, or uh, Wednesday, I think it's three o'clock local time. Make sure you check out the women's team, second leg of the semifinals against Fiorentina. Listen, and that's one thing I want to talk to you about. We want to do, I want to do a couple, uh, a couple questions about the women's team because you know what? I'm one, I'm terrible. I'm one of the guys that hasn't, hasn't really looked into the women's team. I'm terrible. I will. And then I want, I want to, I want to interview you because I know you're an expert on that. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's just, they're everything you love about football everything you love about Roma they play so fast they play so quick they don't mess around it's just they get vertical they go right for the goal and I feel like if you know having an Italian team or having a Roman team matters to you then this is the one you want I, I was doing the math this morning I think there's maybe five or six players on the team who aren't from Italy and there's like eight who are from Rome so there's a very sort of wow. that provincial sort of local feel to the team but That's it's awesome. just like they are they're just so so good that's like I entered in into this year not knowing anything about them. I just started, they started off over three and they just turned around so quickly. And we have so many talented players. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to come back and talk about them All more right. in depth. You know, when, when they play, when, you said Wednesday, Wednesday 3 p.m.? Wednesday, I, I believe it's at 1500 CET local time. I know it's nine o'clock East Coast time. Oh, okay, got it. Um, I'll, I'll double check on that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a huge match. Obviously, if they make the finals, then. We'll be all over that. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'll be watching that. We'll be talking about that hopefully next time. Thanks again, Brent. Uh, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. There you have it, guys. That was Brent from Chiesa di Totti. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, we'll leave it there. And then hopefully for next episode, we'll have the full team together. So on that note, Forza Roma. Ciao. <laughs>